Would you let them know if you enjoyed that again? You're fine there. Nope, don't worry. I don't know if that was for anybody else. What's that? test for anybody else. (laughs) Literally each one of those songs touched something within everything that I've been praying and things that God have been working in my heart. And it ties so directly with what I'm about to preach. (sighs) Five years ago this weekend, I don't know if you recall, we were leaving a building to go to a school with no place to go. I was reminded of that this week. So many emotions flood, anger, hurt. I can't. Fear. Five years or, yeah, now five years later, debt free, a building, a church that's growing. I don't know where we'll be today, I really don't care. But the last two weeks, our numbers have been higher than they've been prior to COVID. And it's never easy to get thrown into a fire. But it's amazing how each time we do, there's another person stands beside us. Ah, man, I'm a mess. Father, I come to you this morning. I didn't feel like all of that was selfishly just for me. I don't know the other church that they were going to, but I'm thankful for a text message on Monday. For if nothing else, just the encouragement of these songs. God, I pray that these next few minutes as we open your word, you would be exalted, you would be lifted up. Father, you would be glorified. As was sung, your angels are singing, holy, holy, holy. And may they do it all over again. Father, I praise you for this morning. Be with us, Lord. Meet with us these next few minutes in your word, as you have already, in Jesus' name. Amen. 
we have been going through the book of Mark, and I'm going to try to go through these next few verses. <laughs> um, but in chapter 1, we come to the end of chapter 1, and as we have seen over and over, as we've looked at for the last several weeks, that uh, we've been reminded that the miracles that Jesus has performed, the things that God has been doing, that Jesus had been working, were not just for the sake of Jesus performing miracles. Jesus did not come to earth. If you remember, Jesus did not come to earth just to perform miracles. Jesus came to earth to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. He says in Mark chapter number one and verse 15 that he came, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand. And what does it say? Repent ye and believe the gospel. He came to preach. In Mark 1, 38, he said unto them, let us go into the next towns that I may what? Preach there also for therefore came I forth. Today we are looking at uh, a picture of Jesus that I believe takes us into a little, uh, a different spot than maybe we've been over the last several weeks as we've looked at chapter one of Mark. In that it's different, not that it's something that he hasn't done. We're gonna look at the leper and the healing of the leper. And I believe probably most likely there were other lepers that had already been healed. It says that uh, we had just looked at it last week that they came from all over to come out into the wilderness to where Jesus was. Actually, I'm getting ahead of myself. They came to the house last week. They're coming to the wilderness in just a moment. Um, but they came out, they came everywhere from all over to go to the house one after the other and it said that he healed many of them. It would be assumed that in all that we have seen and all that Jesus had done that a leper had been healed through there. But what we're going to look at today, I believe, is so much um, of who Jesus was, of who he is. Because in this passage of scripture, it's not just that he healed, and it's not just that, as we looked last week, that he healed the, uh, the mother-in-law of Peter who had the fever and that she rose up, but it, it's not that. This week, it's a little bit different in that it says that he was moved with compassion and he touched this man. Jesus was not a God who just looked and he didn't look at this leper and he didn't look at people and he said, hey, why don't you stay over there? Uh, it'll be all better. But rather, as we look at this morning with the message, the title, the healing touch of Jesus, Jesus was a man who was a personal and is a personal God. If you stop and you think about so much that Jesus did, he didn't do it from a distance. He did it one-on-one. -on -one. He did it with people. Yes, there was moments that he said, hey, go back, your son will be, your son is healed. But Jesus was a personal and is a personal God. He individually touched and said, hey, the disciples, he went to them as individuals and he said, hey, would you come and follow me that I would make you fishers of men? He went to them as individuals. He, he goes to people as individuals. He didn't even just, he didn't just say, hey, come and follow me. He said, come and follow me. And then he did what? He took it a step further. And every day for the next three, three and a half years, he would teach them and love on them and care for them and teach them and love them and care for them personally. It was Jesus' touch. It was that compassion that he had it is the compassion that he has see I love these 
the thoughts that I, I just kind of thought this through and jotted some of these things down, that God created us with all of this mess that I was, the emotion. God created that. God created that physical need that we have of people to touch people, to love people, to laugh with people, to depend on one another. He created us with that pain and that joy and that excitement. He created the anger and he created us the tears that flow and the joy that overwhelm us. But he also created the person beside you that's holding your hand and carrying you through. He created that person to hug your neck and to love you and to give you that personal touch because that's who God is and he works through you and I. And this morning as we get into the lesson, get into the sermon this morning, I I, I just jotted down a thought and this is the thought for this morning is when we come to Jesus with a humble boldness, there is nothing that keeps us from finding his healing touch. When we come to Jesus with a humble boldness, there is nothing that can keep us from his healing touch. Mark chapter 1, we'll start in verse number 40 this morning. And in Mark 1 and verse number 40, it says this, And there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou canst Make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately, there's that word again, immediately the leprosy departed from him and he was cleansed. And he straightly charged him and forthwith sent him away. And saith unto him, See thou say nothing to any man. But go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. But he went out and began to publish it much, and to blaze abroad the matter insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, but was without in the desert places, and they came to him from every quarter. Father, would you use your word this morning to pierce and touch our hearts that you would be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. The simple thought, when we come to Jesus with a humble boldness, there is nothing that keeps us from finding his healing touch. The very first point this morning is it all starts with our humble boldness. I couldn't get some of the thoughts out of my head as I was studying and reading this passage of Scripture. The very first verse of this passage in verse number 40 that we're looking at, and there came a leper to him. And there came a leper to him. If you know anything about scripture, if you know anything about leprosy, and if you know anything about uh, that type of thing throughout scripture, if you were reading with us in the, uh, the yearly plan that we're sending out, you read through some of that this week of all of the different things that come with that and how they were isolated and how they were put away and all of those things. And we see this, that a leper came beseeching or begging, kneeling down at the feet of Jesus. And there were so many thoughts that came to my mind because this man should not have been anywhere near where he was. He shouldn't have been anywhere near where he was 
because leprosy and the, the leper was really the outcast. And really, we can honestly, this is going to be dumb, but we can look at all of this today and look at what we're facing with this stupid coronavirus. And we can look at all of these things and we can really put this in perspective a little bit because we've done the same thing to anybody who's been sick over the last year. I've had it. Many of you have had it. Some worse than others. But here's the thing. When we look at this, they were not to be near people. You were to be in a quarantine, isolated place. The scripture says that they were not to be within six foot of somebody else. Have you heard that lately? That's God's word in Leviticus. They weren't allowed to be within six foot of somebody. And if the wind was blowing, you couldn't be within 150 feet of people. Did you ever know that? I didn't know that. I studied that this week. If you had leprosy, you weren't allowed in the wind within 150 feet of somebody. How do you know? Like you're walking and you're like, oh, wait, 150 feet. Let's see. Let's grab my app. Am I within? (laughs) But they weren't allowed. And as I was reading this passage, it says that that man came beseeching, begging God, kneeling down. I believe it's in Luke, the other passage. It says that they knelt down and he laid upon his face, fell face forward upon Jesus's feet in the midst of every place that he was not supposed to be. Have you ever felt like you're somewhere where you're not supposed to be? Have you ever felt like you're so isolated, you're so dirty, you're so disgusting that you can't? You just like, nobody cares about me, nobody loves me, nobody, all of those things that run through our minds sometimes. And this man made his beeline straight and he found Jesus and he said, I'm going to him. I'm going to him. And I was blown away. One that he could absolutely care less about who was close to him. I don't know how close that he was. I don't know if the sea of people parted where that man left. I'd imagine that when he became walk, when he came walking down the road and they recognized, they began to say, a leper, it's a leper, it's a leper. It said in some of my passages, some of the stuff that I was studying, there was places that people would go, they would throw rocks at the lepers if they came too close. I'd imagine this man faced a lot of those things. But he got to the place in his life where he didn't care. I've tried everything. I'd imagine he maybe he called the doctors. I imagine that he had done everything that he can and he had got to that place and he said, I really don't care any further. I've got to go. And the only hope that I have is in that guy, Jesus. I've seen other people that have healed. I've heard the stories that have made their way to me. I've experienced what I've seen with my own eyes. And I've, uh, I, I, but I'm at a place I have nothing else but the hope that he might be able to do this. See, this leper was in a place where he was in such desperation that he didn't care any further. Hurting, broken, no other hope for life. Literally, for the most part, if you had that, you were you had been given a death sentence in some way, shape, or form. It was going to take your life, most likely. 
You were going to have pain. You were going to have heartache. You were going to potentially lose limbs. You were going to lose all sense of feeling and touch. And you were going to lose all that because it would eat at your nerves. And you wouldn't even recognize it. And you would be eaten alive in many regards. And I say to us this morning with this first thought is it starts with a humble boldness before Almighty God. That we would go and cry out and fall down before an almighty God and say, this man said this. If we look at this in verse number 40, I almost said one. Kneeling down and saving, or saying unto him, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. He came to the place and he's bowing before Jesus. And he looks up. I don't know if he looked at him in his face. I don't know if he just kept his face on his feet out of just sheer fear of who that was, out of humility, out of respect. Because if in those days you didn't look at the man in the face, you would bow to them. But I don't know what he did, but he said, if you would, would you be willing to make me clean? Would you be willing to make me clean? I wonder in my own life, if I believe so much that God is who that he is. See, I believe as everything that I read that, it, that the man believed that God could heal him. So he had the faith, he had the boldness to walk through the crowd. He had the boldness to go before him. And he believed in his heart that God, Jesus could heal him on the spot and in that moment. But he comes up to him out of sheer humility and said, Jesus... Would you be willing to make this filthy, wretched man clean? You know, for each of us that sit in this room today, I wonder if we would be bold enough, humble enough to walk before and to bow before an almighty God and say, oh God, I'm a broken man. Would you be so willing to make me clean? See, sometimes I'm, I'm bold in an unhealthy manner. <laughs> have you ever been bold in an unhealthy manner? When you have children, you see your own faults sometimes in them. And sometimes I, I, I look at my children and I go, oh, I wish they wouldn't say that. But then I literally will look at my wife and I'll say, that's something I would say. And then wish that they didn't get that trait from their father. You know, there's times that I'm, I'm bold, but I'm not humble. And I wonder as I read this passage and I think through this passage of scriptures and I look at this first point, I wonder sometimes if I would be humble and bold to just walk before God and say, God, would you be willing? Would you be willing? You know, we sit in a service like this, and the next service we'll have a few more people in here, and 
Every week I do the same thing at the end and I always make an opportunity and a, a cry to respond to the Lord whether you come forward or you sit at your seat and I'm not saying this out of making somebody come forward but you know sometimes what we do is we say, but if I come forward, I, someone's going to wonder what I'm praying for. Someone's going to wonder if my marriage is breaking. Someone's going to wonder if I'm a mess. Someone's going to wonder if I'm doing bad things. Someone's going to wonder, you know, this man didn't have a care in the world. If anybody wondered anything, he was so humble before God that he was willing to be bold in his place as he would walk in all of the people. I can just imagine they just began to spread as far as they could spread because they said that man is dirty that man is disgusting he said I don't care I'm running to the feet of Jesus and I'm going to be humble but I'm going to be bold and go because that's the only one that can do anything for me I wonder if we would get to a place where we would say oh God I know that you're the only one that can do anything about it. And I'll be bold enough and I'll be humble enough to run to you and say, God, I know you can. Will you make me clean? God, I know you can. Will you fix my marriage? God, I know you can, but can you fix my mess? Because my mess seems so big right now. My mess seems like I have leper, I have leprosy all over, and everybody just seems to look at me like I'm just an outcast. But God, would you? I know that you can. I've heard the stories, I've, I've seen it from a distance, but God, I want to experience it within myself, and I'm going to humbly come before you, and I'm going to boldly fall at your feet and say, God, will you make my situation better? I'm going to need like a box or three of tissues this morning. That man ran to the feet of Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 4 and 16, it says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We must come with a humble heart and come boldly. This man needed a change. Spurgeon said this, It is a pity that he could not go further than to say, Christ, if thou wilt. But it is a great mercy that he could go as far as that. So if you, dear friend, cannot pray a prayer that is full of, pray, of faith, pray one that has at least some faith in it. If you cannot go as far as some do, go as far as you can. I have often told you to bless God for moonlight, and then he will give you sunlight. But for anyone to say, I will not pray at all because I cannot pray as I would like to pray is a very foolish thing. Say what you can, even as this poor leper said to Jesus, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Would we go humbly and boldly before the feet of Jesus? For when we come to Jesus with a humble boldness, the second thought is Jesus will meet us with a compassionate touch. I said last week that until we are willing to 
do something with our sin, God cannot do anything with our sin either. We must act. And this is the same. We must go humbly, but yet boldly, unashamed before Jesus. Are we boldly crying out, God, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I can't live like this. It looks like desperation, but shouldn't it? Should we not come desperate before the Lord? Should we not come desperate before Jesus? This man desperately came before Jesus because he had nothing else. Listen, your life may be amazing. I believe I have a pretty awesome life. I have four beautiful children. I have an amazing wife. I have great parents. I have great in-laws. I said that publicly (laughs) because it's not on video. That next one is on video. No, but I have great in-laws. I have great nieces and nephews and cousins and family around the country. I have, I have a great life. God has blessed me. But do you know what? If I don't come to a place where I recognize my God, that I have to be desperate before God, that he is ultimately the only one. But yet, as has been sung this morning and has been said, even when he doesn't come through the way that we think, he's still God. And we still praise him. And we still worship him. But when we come humbled before God with a boldness, I believe with everything in me that Jesus will meet us with a compassionate touch. You know, even in times when it's not been what I've wanted, there's never been a time where Jesus hasn't met me with his love and with a compassionate touch. There's never been a time. And we look at this. It's not until we come before him boldly that the work that that Jesus does gets done. Because he's waiting for us to say, I need you. I need you. I'm ready for you. This man humbly came and asked, now it's on Jesus You know, I'd say this, is there any better place for you or I to place any any problem that we have? 1 Peter 5 says it this way, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. Jesus was moved with compassion. That is that he, the inner parts of Jesus, that he hurt for this man. He was available for this man. Jesus was never his own individual person off into a corner Jesus is always with outside of when he would go and separate himself and begin to beg God and and meet with God all on his own he was always with he was always around people always ready to touch always ready to love Psalm 86 says for thou Lord art good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. He is desiring, he wants us to. Isaiah 38 in verse number 20, the Lord was ready to save me. He's ready for us to cry out. He's ready for us to reach out. He's ready for us to come humbly and come boldly before him that he would act out of his compassion. He is ready to move with compassion in your situation. He wants to touch you. 
Jesus, I wrote this, Jesus doesn't have this sense of a hypothetical touch. He wants to come down and touch you. It's not like, oh, you know, it's not this facade, fake, hypothetical thing that sometimes we, we kind of put off. Jesus wants to come into your life. He wants to change your desires. He wants to touch you. He wants to take the old and make it new. He desires that. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, that's his desire that we would come to him with all of our filth, with all of our disgusting things of life, that he could make it new. I've always used the, the silly illustration. When there's a hole in the wall, we patch it. Jesus doesn't patch it. He tears out the wall and puts a new one in. When my heart is filthy, he doesn't come in and just put a little coat of something around the outside of it. No, he takes out the heart and puts a new one in there and makes it new because that's who Jesus is. And that's what he does and that's what he did for this man. He didn't just patch him up so that the disease was gone. He made him completely whole so that his skin was as if nothing had ever been there. There were no scabs. There were no anything left over from what a leper would normally have. It was immediately made whole and perfect because that's what Jesus does. And he stretched out his hand and says, I am willing. Have you ever thought when you, as you've read this passage of scripture, when was the last time the leper was touched? We don't know how long he had had leprosy, but we know that you're not allowed to be near people and you know that you're not allowed to touch people. I wonder when the last time that leper was touched. But his first touch was what? The touch of Jesus Christ. The compassionate touch. You know, over the last year, I've heard people that have said, I haven't touched anyone I'll not forget we started back up with our life groups and one of the kids came into our life groups and when they left they looked at their mom and their dad and they said mom and dad I was able to touch people do you know how sad that is that a child would look at their parents and say, I was able to touch kids, mom. We were created for that. Do you know why the church is a special place? Because it's a place that I can touch somebody. It's a place that I can reach out a hand and shake a hand. It's a place that I can put my arm around somebody and say, I love you. It's a place that I can encourage with a hug. It's a place that I feel loved. Why? Not just because I'm standing here and saying, hey, Bill, I love you. But no, I can go up and I can shake a hand and I can give a hug and say, I love you. It's good to see you. How are you doing? That man hadn't experienced that. And the first time that he did, he begged, he ran forward to God, fell upon Jesus' feet. Jesus reached down and said, I will, I will. And he makes them whole and he makes them complete. Today, your touch, as the touch of Jesus goes a long way. 
It is your touch that gives strength to those that are weak at times. It is your touch that encourages those that are unsettled. It is your touch that says, I am with you and you are secure. It is your touch that shows a love that nothing else can show. And I can say today that I'm thankful. I'm thankful that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to reach down and to touch a boy like me to make me whole. And I wonder as we get into the last thought this morning and we begin to think about that thought I'm not, I said this to Dan this week, I have no desire to make this about any of the stuff that we've lived in the last year. If, you've, if you know me well, I hate talking about it in this regard because I, I hate just trying to, everything goes back to this. Well, it's been a horrible year, it's been a horrible year. I hate it, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. But there's so many parallels between leper and what we have done in our culture today that like all of my study, I'm like, this is disgusting how absolutely parallel these thoughts are. But if you take away all of those things, I would ask this. Is my heart full of compassion regardless of who's in front of us? Well, but you don't understand the things that they have done. I, I can't be around them. Is that right? Are you sure? Have you forgot where you came from? Have you forgot? Sometimes I forget. Yes, I, no, let me back up. Yes, there's times and there's places where there's things that, there's people that I'm not around and my family's not around for the, I, I get all that. But I believe sometimes we put such a barrier between us and them because they're a little dirty. And the compassionate heart that God would give us, the loving God and loving others, I think sometimes we miss out on because our hearts are not compassionate and broken because I have forgotten who I am without Him. We cannot get to a place where we ever forget who we were and who God saved and where He saved us from. But I think sometimes we have. And when it comes to dealing with people, we lose that compassion because we think, oh, but I've got I've to protect myself. I think sometimes we hurt ourselves more because we have protected ourselves from somebody who's a little dirty. Have you ever heard somebody say, oh, I'll never do that? the most vile and wicked and nasty of sins, I promise you that I'm very capable of doing every one of them. And so are you. But for the grace of God. This last thought. Jesus is never too far deserted to be found. I'm kind of flying through some of these thoughts this morning, but Jesus touched him. He healed them. Then he gave him a command. And as if, if any of you are like me, you've read these passages of Scripture, because this is not the only time that he has said this. 
but you've read these passages of Scripture and you're like, come on. Or the, come on, man. That's the new thing, right? (laughs) He completely made a leper whole. And then he looks at him in his face and he says, don't go tell anybody this. Like, honestly, like, how am I supposed to not say something about that? But the command was, do not go and say anything. Go to your, go to the temple, go and present yourself as clean so that the priest can say you have been clean based on the Levitical laws that they can look at you and they can say that you are clean. And the other aspect of that is so that they could also look at you and they would know that Jesus is who Jesus said that he is, that he is the authority over all things, your sin and your health included. That's a, that's a huge aspect of that. But the other aspect of that was very practical. What was Jesus' whole mission? He was going to preach. Jesus had, from that moment, his goal and his mission was to go back into those towns and begin to preach. But if you go and you run your stinking mouth, I'm not going to be able to because crazies are going to come out of everywhere. In a nutshell, that's what he told him. But what happened? He did what every one of us would do. Dude, look at that. It's like, the, like what else is he supposed to do? What else am I supposed to do? If I can't walk and all of a sudden I'm walking, don't tell me not to tell anybody. Everyone's going to ask, what happened? So he goes and Jesus says, hey, don't, don't do this because I, I've got to go back in and I've got to continue to teach. As I was reading, I believe it was something about 20, 21 other towns that were in that area and in that region that he was planning to go into to teach. Well, he could not do so. And what does it say? And and we look at this. And he saith unto him, See thou, uh, in verse 44, Say nothing to any man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer for thy cleansing. Those things which Moses commanded. In verse 45, But he went out, began to publish it, and to blaze abroad the matter, insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city. But what does it say? But he was without in desert places. So Jesus now says, I can't go there because that's where everybody is going and I'm going to be completely bombarded. This is going to be an absolute madhouse. So Jesus goes And he removes himself. He goes out into basically a desolate area, into a small little town that we we might look at. Have you ever driven through? If you drive across the country and you look off to like a left or a right and you're like, there's like 10 houses. Have you ever done that? And you're like, where do those people come from? What do they eat? Where do they shop? What do they do? Like, what's happening there? We haven't seen a town for 100 miles and then there's 10 houses, right? Jesus took out and he goes off into the distance, out into the wilderness area, and he sets up shop, if you will, and begins to do whatever. And it says this, and this is where the point is made, never too far deserted to be found. And it says, but they came to him from every quarter. Listen, I don't know where you're at today. 
I don't know if you're a mess like I was a mess. I am a mess <laughs> all this whole morning. But Jesus doesn't have to meet us in the city. Because if you want God, you'll find God. If you're seeking after Jesus, if you're seeking after God, if your life has become such a mess in, in such a way in that you are so broken that you are like that leper and you're just humbly and boldly walking because I've got to go find him. Can I just tell you, if you get to the place of brokenness and if you get to the place where you're so humble before God that you just say, God, I have, there's nothing else. There's a gentleman I've been meeting with for the last couple weeks and he looked at me and he said, Pastor, but I can't stop. And I said, that's where you have to be to realize that you can't stop. He has to change the desires inside of you. God is the only one that can make that happen. You can't make that happen but I can't do this. I can't do this. That's exactly where we all need to be. God, I can't do this, and you're gonna have to. And I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, the song was sung, it talked about the roses, but then there's the thorn. I promise you, if you beg God, if you are broken to the place, no matter where God is gone or what you, we might think, God is gone, God hasn't moved, you can find him Wherever it is, but we have to be humble before him. And it might not always be roses. There's going to be the thorns that come with that. But I promise you the greatest thing is that he is always right there. See, when we are willing to be humble before God, when we are willing to bow before God, when we are willing to be broken before God, he's never out of reach. He is never out out of reach. When we come to Jesus with a humble boldness, there is nothing that keeps us from finding his healing touch. Father, I come to you this morning and truly this whole message is nothing within my notes. <laughs> but God, I pray God, as we look at this passage, as we look at this man, I've just been just thinking about this all week and broken over some of these thoughts that this man, he was so humble to bow and bold to go before Jesus regardless of his filth. And God, I pray that I would be that. I pray that I would be humble, yet bold before you. I pray that as you move and work in my life, that as you break me, as you convict me, as you show me my sin, as you show me uh, other people, as you place people in my life, that I would be broken and compassionate towards them, that I would reach out with a, a hand and touch them that I would love them. God, I pray that I would never forget that regardless of the filth of my life, that you are not too far away. God, that you are the same 
you love me regardless. And you've given everything for that. Father, this morning, for those that sit here, Lord, would we have a brokenness of sin? That we would not care who sees us or what others are thinking, but we would so boldly go before your throne, begging you and pleading to be close to you. If there's somebody this morning that doesn't know you, Lord, would they come to a place of understanding and realizing that until they are willing to deal with their sin and recognize their sin and acknowledge their sin and place it at your feet, there's nothing that can be done. We have to deal with it so that you can deal with it. And that dealing with it on our end is an acknowledgement. Yes, God, I have sinned and I have fallen short of your glory. Would you come and forgive and make me whole? Maybe there's somebody this morning that doesn't know you that would come to you this morning. As we close out this morning, this morning's message and the sermon and the, the service, as a believer, I wonder if we're broken and humbled before the Lord. Like this leper that we would be, we wouldn't care what goes on around us, but the things in our lives aren't the way that they are supposed to be. And that we would be bold in coming before you. Maybe our compassion has left in many regards. And we're not compassionate towards others the way that we ought to be. Would you move in us? Maybe there's somebody that doesn't know you today. Would they respond? This morning, as the music is playing, as we do every week, would you respond to the Lord over these next few moments and then we'll close in a word of prayer.